This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, May 28th, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. Yeah, we're, we're approaching the last day. We have one more trading day in the month of May, and we're through the five, I think, longest months I've ever been a part of. I'll tell you that much, that's for sure. Uh, now, we know that the economy is, is reopening. And that's the positive, and that's what I'm going to try to do today is give you some pros and cons, right? Uh, positives with the jobs report today, continuous jobless claims fell. It fell for the first time from about 25 million to 21 million, which kind of reflects the fact that a lot of the economy is reopening, right? I, I know people working in the restaurant industry and they're going back to work a little bit. So you're starting to see this reopening and once again, that's the number I'm going to try to. Uh, I'm going to keep my eye on to see where that levels out at. Is it over 20 million? Is it in the mid-teens? Where does that level out? I think that would be interesting. So that's uh, that's the positive today. The negative was some economic news in regards to uh, durable goods, which was still relatively weak. And then on the geopolitical and domestic political scene, you have riots in Hong Kong. Uh, as well as Minnesota after that uh, pretty gruesome uh, death at the hands of that police officer. And that is, that's not good, all right? Uh, that instability around the world uh, means less spending, uh, slower recovery from from this pandemic due to, you know, people focusing less on going out there and living their normal lives and people are being less optimistic, right? And that's what really the reopening's about. Maintaining optimism, creating optimism from individuals as well as businesses also. You have many businesses in Minnesota that are now, you know, on their heels. You know, I saw a Target burned down, an AutoZone, it was uh, it was quite the scene. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that resolves itself. But you're seeing unrest uh, in I, here. In, I think there was one some uh, unrest in L.A. Uh, you're seeing it around the country. And but the bigger geopolitical news is actually Hong Kong. Trump is looking to pass some sort of legislation that will hit back at Beijing for instituting the national security laws on Hong Kong, which basically ends the sovereignty and the freedoms that the Hong Kong people have. And, you know, we're, we're in the midst of a new Cold War. We are. We're in the new Cold War with China. Uh, it'll be, I think this is going to be tit for tat, going back and forth. China's going to escalate in their own way. We're going to escalate in our own way within our powers, and I think it will be a cold war. I don't think it'll be a hot war. I don't think either side wants to get into military conflict with one another. But both have other weapons, like economic weapons, such as sanctions, such as trade wars, right? tariffs 
these things are are much easier than military action. Just stroke of a pen, right? And that is something that I think is going to only escalate. And you saw, I think, the ramifications later in the the day today. Uh, we're going to talk about the market here uh, in a little bit and, and what I saw. But ultimately, I want to hear from you. I want to know what's on your mind. Our goal each and every weekday is to provide unbiased answers and help you with strategies to deal with the volatility, deal with the pitfalls and the opportunities in the market, right? There are always opportunities and there are always pitfalls. There are always landmines that you need to avoid. In this market, there's certainly more landmines than opportunities, but there are always both. And you need to understand how to take advantage and avoid both. So I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. I'm Justin Klein, and through this Invest Talk podcast, my goal is to help you become a better investor. That's what Steve and I strive to do each and every weekday, and we do that with the philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. We're not like other investment advisors. We don't we don't also put on the broker hat. We're not a broker. There's a lot of brokers or a lot of RIAs, registered investment advisors, which we are, that also put on the broker hat, and you don't know which one they're 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 holding at any given time, and so that's part of what makes us different. But also, we're dedicated to that unbiased guidance, and we only implement strategies that we implement for ourselves. We call that parallel investing. So now that I've set these things up for you, and today I am here and ready to answer your investing and finance questions. Once again, 888-99 chart. You can call our live, call that live four to five Pacific time and ask it live on air, or you can just leave a message and we will answer it on a future show. Now during this COVID-19 shelter in place situation, we have suspended all portfolio review travel sessions. So we are doing everything remotely, just like most businesses are in today's world. Telephone, Skype, Jive meetings, I had a handful today. I have a handful almost every day. So if you want to get your portfolio reviewed and optimized, send us a message through investtalk.com. And I know it was down. We were changing servers over the past couple of days, but we're now onto our new server, and I think our website should be a lot more stable now. So we're excited about that. Now, my main talking point today concerns this story. Many Americans who manage to keep their jobs may suffer salary reductions, and we're going to touch on what that means exactly and how that may prevent a V-shaped recovery, even though the looks like the market is priced in a V-shaped recovery, but the data does not back that up. So we're going to touch on that. Also, investing, dividend investing for retirees. How do dividend stocks fit into a t- retirement portfolio? What strategies can you develop around that income to not only make it Sustainable, but allow it to grow over time as well. We're going to touch on that. Also, how to protect yourself from credit card fraud. In this environment, many, many people are falling victim to credit card fraud in some way. Uh, the fraudsters are out in full force and they're preying on those that are in a weakened financial position 
and looking for help, right? And especially when there's a lot of government programs, it's easy to call somebody up and say, hey, you know, this is this new government program. It's helping you out. And it's easy to fall prey, even emails. That happens as well. So we're going to touch on that. And then lastly, we're going to cover a potential tax credit that may help businesses keep more workers. Now you're listening to Invest. Actually, let me touch on the market today real quick. You had overall an up day, but it rolled over pretty hard late in the day. Uh, we had a solid up day for most of the day, and then the last hour or so, you had a quick and sudden retrenchment in the market. The SP cl- closed up modestly, two tenths of one percent. Small caps were down two percent. Transportations were transportation was down. The Qs closed up, but only slightly. So it was actually no, sorry, they closed down thirty cents. So it was definitely a, a, a reversal day in my book. I think it was there's some upside exha exha exhaustion. There we go. Exhaustion uh, in the market. And to me, this was a signal. I mean, I've said, I think June is the month where things start to roll over, and I'm starting to see that here. I'm starting to see kind of shots across the bow. You saw that on Tuesday where growth stocks really took it on the chin, and even yesterday a little bit. And that's a risk-off sentiment. That all kind of reversed this morning. You had NASDAQ up dramatically, and midday, really sitting at the highs, looking looking strong as an ox uh but then a swift quick rollover brought the cues and actually yeah the s&p uh the spy anyway was down about 56 cents so pretty interesting it was actually a modest down day in the markets after a very strong start now you're listening to invest talk i'm justin klein and we have posted an all new best of invest talk program it's a condensed podcast and ready for your free download at investtalk.com you can also find it on itunes google play and spotify just search Invest Talk. And now I'm here ready to provide unbiased answers to your finance and investing questions. We're taking your calls live at 888 chart At the start of each new day, we are presented with opportunities. The chance to learn better ways of doing things. The prospect for establishing stronger business connections. But as you go about your daily routine, there's one task one challenge you should not put off the need to plan for and work toward achieving financial freedom that point in the future when your money your assets are working for you while you work only if you want to getting from here to there to your idea of financial freedom is possible However, serious investors eventually recognize that unless they can afford to devote the time and efforts required to thoroughly understand market dynamics, to properly balance, optimize, and maintain their portfolios, expert guidance will be essential. The moment that spark of reality hits, you will want to consult with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein of KPP Financial in Irvine, California. KPP Financial Consultations are unbiased, offered without cost or obligation, and designed to help guide individuals toward their ultimate financial objectives. The next highly beneficial step for your investing future can start when you reach out to Steve or Justin via Skype, a phone call, or a quick message through investtalk.com. 
You are listening to Invest Talk. On the calendar, summer will be here soon. But now you've got finance and investment questions, and Steve and Justin welcome your calls. Invest Talk, 888 99Chart. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Matthew um, in Boise, Idaho. I'm calling about the stock OKE. It's a natural gas company, I believe. Yes, um, it is. And I bought in around $21, and I'm just wondering, do you guys see it continue to climb up? It's taken a really big hit, but I'm sure, you know, it'll still do well in the future. I've just heard kind of from, like, Yahoo Finance that it's going to have kind of a a bad earnings or something. I'm just not exactly sure. I just thought I'd get your guys' opinion on it. Thank you, guys. Bye. All right, this is Oniok, and... It is engaged in natural gas and natural gas liquid gathering and processing in the Rocky Mountain region. Now, this has done well for a long period of time because shale had been growing. And it was gathering, I would assume, natural gas and natural gas liquids coming out of these shale wells. Now, remember, in the shale, on shale wells, natural gas is typically a byproduct. It's not what the oil companies are exactly drilling for. So turning on or off supply or or drilling based on natural gas prices isn't really the consideration typically. It's more based on the price of oil. When oil falls dramatically, they've shut they've and they've done that. They've shut off these wells and therefore Oniok doesn't have natural gas to gather and process and and move around. Right? And so that's why their stock has fallen from before this uh, in the mid 70s. Now we're at $37 a share and a 52 week low about $12. And they have a lot of debt. Now you bought it at 21. So you've done very, very well. I think they'll work through this over an extended period of time. My issue is they're going to cut that dividend, most likely. Uh, their free cash flow is drastically negative over the trailing 12 months. They've cut their their investment and spending, um, so they're they're just trying to wade through this this time period and get get the volume in that in the region that they operate in to come back to normal. And there 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 are still wells being operated there, but much less. And some will come back on, especially as oil gets back into the forty dollar barrel range. I think over time. You know it'll do it'll do all right, but I think there's definitely the risk of a reduction in the downtrend. Sorry, not reduction, resumption. Excuse me, in the downtrend in oil prices, and this will definitely hurt uh, this stock. So this is what I would do: you're up dramatically. Take your money off the table. Take whatever you invest in off the table. You have big profits. Take it off the table. Rebalance. Your, your portfolio, because this is still a very high-risk name with a lot of debt. You know, I always say, and I've said this for a while, for the past three-plus months, I like non-cyclical businesses with low debt. This does not qualify as that. It has $14 billion in long-term debt, only $531 million in short-term cash and, and investments. So it's a very leveraged balance sheet, and their cash flow is very Negative. Last quarter was negative $526 million. And that payout, that dividend is likely going to be cut. 
Okay, so take your money off the table at the bare minimum, and uh, I don't love it. I don't love it in the medium term. Long term, if they can manage through this, I think they'll be fine. But they have a lot of debt, uh, and that will be an overhang for a an extended period. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm ready to answer your questions right now at eight 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 ninety nine chart. You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Thursday, and there's no doubt that the COVID-19 pandemic has caused financial disruptions around the world. But you've got an asset portfolio to protect and grow. So you've got finance and investment questions. Justin Klein is here, and he's taking your calls live. 888-99-CHART. 888 chart 888 Now, my main talking point today concerns a story that many Americans who manage to keep their jobs are suffering salary reductions. And, you know, this is, this is a big issue here uh, because of the decline in, in pay will make it much harder for individuals to not only keep up with their bills, but have discretionary spending beyond that, right? Even if they want to go out to a restaurant and support their local restaurant, their discretionary spending that's left is going to be much, much left, left, less, excuse me, for a lot of individuals. You see companies like the Container Store, Lyft, they've all cited temporary salary reductions. In fact, Non-executive employees have seen pay reductions on, on average of 10 to 15%. So if you're outside of kind of the high demand sectors like grocery stores, you know, even some tech companies are, are doing it, like, right? Lyft would be probably one example. But you're seeing general wage softening and salary cuts all across the economy. Certainly this is concentrated in retail. Uh, anything hospitality related, but this is going to make it much, much harder for this economy to live up to what really the market has been pricing in, which is a V-based, uh, V-based recovery. Let's look at the chart. And this makes government intervention much more justifiable, meaning more stimulus. You know, because if they just allow the economy to reach some sort of equilibrium, well, guess what? That equilibrium is going to be much, much lower. Now, I don't want to be around the bush here when it comes to our fiscal situation in this country, but we are in a fiscal crisis. We are. Every dollar of stimulus that we approve must be printed by the Federal Reserve. We don't have an influx of capital to draw from, both domestically or abroad. And therefore, this is why the Federal Reserve's balance sheet is rising the same level as the government debt is rising. Now, does that mean that the federal government should not stimulate? You know, that's up for you to decide. But... Clearly, they need to. They need to support workers. And I think that's the phase that we're in now. We're in this phase where monetary policy 
has gone as far as it can. In fact, it's at the last phase, right? They're printing money for the government to spend. There's, what else do you do besides that? I mean, they're, they're bailing out corporations by buying corporate bonds. I mean, the, the only thing left is equities, buying equities. I don't know if they're ready for that or even negative interest rates because they've seen what it do, what it's done to the European banks and Japanese banks. So really, the Federal Reserve and the Treasury, along with Congress, are pretty much have become one. And there's a reason that Christian Lagarde is now the ECB president because she is a politician and she knows how to get these spending measures across. This is where we are. You now have government partnering with central banks to provide stimulus for the economy. And as we know, that we've seen this in the past, these programs, they don't reverse, right? It's just, what is that next step? And you're seeing this weakness in pay, I think average hourly, hourly worker, uh, average hourly pay is down 11% year over year. It's too much. It's too much for the economy to handle. And therefore, you're going to see stimulus. Now, the, this, this is the key for the next, I think, six months. Are we going to see about a $3 trillion spending bill, stimulus bill? that was passed by the House? Or are we going to see something a lot smaller that is being proposed by the Senate under a trillion dollars? I think the economy may be able to withstand the next three to six months without a major breakdown if we get $3 trillion. If we only get $700 million, Billion, excuse me. They all, they all mix together these days. I don't know if the economy can, can withstand that. Earnings are down too much. Corporations, businesses, small businesses are damaged too dramatically. And that is, to me, the number one factor I'm watching is how much more stimulus is Congress going to put into the economy. And that will tell me whether the economy will live up to this V recovery we've seen in markets. Now, the next invest talk the story. How companies are using creative accounting to gauge impact of COVID-19. The theme is that investors should look for signs that companies are piling too many negative charges into the pandemic affected quarters. Best story tomorrow. For now, I'm Justin Klein. I'm ready to take your questions live at 888 chart Let's say you've been thinking about learning a new language. Okay, why? I mean, how would it come in handy? And where would you want to use it? Could it be that you have an upcoming international trip? Or maybe you want to connect with family members or friends from a different culture? I think you should know about Rosetta Stone. With millions of users, it's been the world's most trusted language learning program for 30 years. Rosetta Stone is available on your desktop or as an app with audio companion 
and the ability to download lessons offline. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. It has a built-in, patented speech recognition engine called True Accent. So as you practice speaking, you'll get feedback on how well you pronounce words. With Rosetta Stone, you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. It's an intuitive process designed for long-term retention. You really learn to speak, listen, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone is an amazing value, so your special skill set is within easy reach. You know you want to do this, so don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, InvestTalk listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off now at rosettastone.com today. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's Attack Resistance Platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. All 50 states have started reopening their economies, but with different stages and at different paces. But now you've got finance and investment questions, and Steve and Justin welcome your calls. Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. Hey guys, this is Ben out of Stanford. I just purchased a stake in SYF Synchrony Financial. And uh, I didn't really check with my broker first or my dad, but uh, he did tell me that the financials don't do too well in low interest or no interest environments. So I'm just wondering what you think about SYF and uh, if you like it or not. I do know that Buffett owns it, but my dad also makes the excellent point that he probably got it for pennies on the dollar. So just wondering what you think and uh, if I should just buy an old and wait till this is all over. Thanks. All right, looking at Synchrony Financial, S-Y-F is the symbol. Uh, I'm not a fan of, of these type of companies in this environment, right? This is 
a they provide private label credit cards through a group of retailers, including Amazon, Walmart, Lowe's, but also their two biggest partnerships are actually with Gap and JCPenney. And JCPenney just went bankrupt. Uh, so Gap and Gap isn't doing too well either. So their biggest partnerships are certainly struggling. And while they do have a good balance sheet, I'll say that for all of the credit card lenders out there in the marketplace, they do have one of the better balance sheets. So that's a good thing. But I think the underlying economic environment is going to cause companies like this to struggle, uh, both from a consumer spending standpoint, right? Because they need consumers to spend in order to grow. And they need consumers to pay their debts. And if more people are getting their pay cut or losing their jobs, that's certainly going to be a headwind for them as well. And technically, while it has recovered a decent amount, it's still well below all the major moving averages, 100, 200-day moving average. And it to me, this looks like a bear market rally. So uh, I would actually... I didn't think this is a, a good shorting opportunity. If it, if it had a bad balance sheet, I would say it's a great shorting opportunity. But the fact that its balance sheet is, you know, pretty decent, uh, you know, I, I probably wouldn't short it, but I definitely wouldn't own it either at these levels. That was SYF Synchrony Financial. Now I know many retirees are probably a little confused in this environment. Most environments they are, but uh, you know they're, they're focused on income. And whether you're a current retiree, a pre-retiree, which we usually classify as anyone within about 10 years of retirement, or just one day you want to retire, this is important for everyone to think about. Now, in this environment, many companies are cutting their dividends. We've seen that in the energy space, obviously travel and leisure, Retailers have been hard hit. And if you look at the dividend cut so far this year, it's the most that we've had since 2001. And that's just so far this year, right? We're less than halfway through. So massive dividend cuts. And a lot of this has to do with what I've said before, which is companies that have been buying back shares, paying out dividends, and they've been doing it with debt. Right, borrowing the money in order to buy back shares and pay the dividend, and this goes back to what I've what I've said for a long time, which is understanding the sustainability of a dividend is far more important than the dividend level that it's paying today. Right, the the stock earlier Oniok it's paying a ten percent dividend, but we know based on the balance sheet, current market environment, they're likely to cut that dividend. And so, whether you're a retiree or a non-retiree, dividend investing is not just about that level of dividend that you're getting, but the sustainability of that dividend, especially in retirement, you're relying on that income. And cyclical businesses, in general, in bad economic environments, have a much higher risk of having that dividend cut. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't invest in cyclical businesses, but you have to really understand how strong that dividend is, how strong their underlying business is. Apple, for example, their business is cyclical. 
right? Certainly their demand for computers and smartphones and tablets, it's going to go down. It's going to weaken in this environment. But they have a lot of cash. They have cushion. Even if free cash flow gets cut in half, they're still able to pay that dividend. That's why we look at cash dividend payout ratios, payout ratios. These are very important metrics to consider when you're looking at dividend investing. At the last financial crisis, banks cut their dividends dramatically. Now, if we look at market history, we know that the majority or a huge share of market returns over time are accounted for by dividends. So dividends are very important. It's not just about price appreciation. Now, how do you implement this in practice? Well, it's not saying you avoid companies that pay high dividends. Now, super high dividends in the teens, those are typically companies you want to avoid because their risks typically outweigh their reward. But 5 6 7%, that's high dividends, especially in this environment. doesn't mean you avoid those names, but it also doesn't mean that you exclusively buy those names. You want to pair high dividend yield stocks with dividend-growing companies. Companies that, yeah, their dividend might be only 1.5% right now. 2%. Doesn't seem that much. Doesn't look quite as attractive as that juicy 5, 6, 7% dividend on another stock. But guess what? Their business is stable. Their business is growing. And they have a history of increasing that dividend over time. And so, Combining high dividend stocks along with dividend growth stocks is a powerful formula. And then when it comes to strategy, you want to think about cash flow. So if you're taking money out in retirement, for example, is the market high? Do I need to be taking money out from equities? Or maybe we've just we're at the near the bottom of a bear market and I want to be taking my money out of the bond side of my portfolio or the cash side of my portfolio as opposed to pulling from equities. So there's a lot of different strategies you can deploy but really have a broad view of how dividend investing works. And remember, it's not just about that current dividend yield. Now let's keep things moving. Here comes another listener question that came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name is Evelyn. I listen to your program regularly, and I really, really appreciate the insight you give to your audience. Well, I'm interested in the uh, dogs of the Dow, but I can't seem to find that listed anywhere. Would you happen to know the symbol to dogs of the Dow? Thank you. Is there a Dogs of the Dow ETF? That's a good question. I think there's a S-Dog, S-D-O-G. Um, I know that you know, the Dogs of the Dow, are, it's a pretty simple strategy. You don't need an ETF to uh, deploy it. You just look at uh, the top 10 yielding stocks at the beginning of the year in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and you buy those 10 stocks, and you do that again on January 1st or 2nd or whatever the first day of the trading year is, and there you go. You have the dogs of the Dow. 
Is that the best strategy? It's a simple strategy. I'll say that. Uh, not necessarily the best strategy because once again, this ties back to what I just said. Dogs of the Dow is just looking at the 10 highest dividend yielding stocks in the Dow without any consideration of what their balance sheet looks like, what the underlying economic conditions look like, what the valuations of these companies are, if they're about to cut their dividend, right, mid-year, right? Think of how many, I'd love to look at the dogs of the Dow for 2020, see, and see how many of those cut their dividends. Let's see, Dow, ExxonMobil, IBM, Chevron, Pfizer, 3M, Walgreens, Boots Alliance, Cisco, Coke, and Verizon. I believe those are the top 10 for this year, it looks like. I'm pretty sure, I don't know if IBM had cut it yet. Uh, Dow might have. I actually believe Dow did cut theirs. But, you know, once again, it's it's just not a, it's not a strategy that I, I love because it just, ignores too many other things. And so if you want to be a dividend investor, great, I get it. But have a broader list. I think be more diversified as well. 10 is not that many stocks. You typically need about 20-ish stocks in order to have broad diversification within a portfolio. That's what the portfolio statistics show. For our clients, we typically have anywhere from 25 to 35 equities uh, in a particular portfolio if it's all equities, right? So 10 to me also is not enough for broad diversification. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And as this economy reopens in phases, most of us uh, realize that the resumption of a strong level of economic activity is going to take some time. We know that. It's going to be a, a process. And you can't allow your retirement objectives to be controlled by a pandemic. So you need to take steps now to optimize your portfolio, especially in these times. You're going to have big drops like in March. You're going to have big rallies like we've seen. And volatility is likely to pick up. I've talked about this, but the VIX index, for example, the VIX has remained elevated. Right? We're at 28. It was up a little bit today. That's much higher than the long-term average in the teens. It shows you that your portfolio needs to be prepared for this level of volatility that we're going to see for the next probably year or two. So I encourage you to reach out to myself or Steve Peasley at our KPP financial offices in Urbank, California. We can help you and we want to help you. And now I'm here and I'm ready to provide unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. We're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Steve and Justin have just recorded a new rapid fire hour. At a faster pace, you can hear answers to 29 caller questions. The podcast download is free. Go to investtalk.com, search April Bonus Show. And now the phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your calls. 888 99Chart. Hi, this is Max Collins from Minnesota. I'm Calling about uh, AbbVie Incorporated, symbol ABBV. I pay a really nice dividend. Their quarter one earnings were good. I was looking at their balance sheet, and I saw a lot of long-term debt. 
So I was hoping if you guys could help me determine if this is a good company to own. Thank you. We're looking at ABV, A-B-B-V is the symbol. And they develop pharmaceutical products to treat immunology, virology, oncology, and other diseases. They also just purchased Allergan, which is a big aesthetic medical company. And I like this business. We own this for some of our managed accounts. Yields 5.2%, like I said. And earnings are growing. And yes, they do have about $63 billion, $67 billion in long-term debt, but about $41 billion in short-term cash. So net-net, they only have roughly $25 billion in debt on a market cap of $160 billion. It's not too bad. So uh, I'm fine with their level of debt uh, on their balance sheet. Uh, they use some they use some to buy Allergan, and I think that was that was a good purchase. So uh, I'm a fan uh, of AbbVie. Now it is a little overbought. I will say that uh, in the near term, so I wouldn't be rushing out to to buy it tomorrow. Uh, but certainly a company to have in, on your balance on your watch list, excuse me, and looking to pick up on decent dips. So uh, you know it's it's not super undervalued, but uh, I like the company long term. I like its cash flow and its businesses overall. Now, let's see if we can fit another caller question at 888-99-CHART. Uh, yeah, great show. It's Mark. Just wondering about Pfizer. What would be a good entry position? I already own some, but i like to add to it. Seems a little overvalued now. Your thoughts? Thank you. All right, looking at Pfizer. Has rallied some from a low of about 28. Now we're at 38. Let me look at a longer-term chart here. Definitely broke, broke some major moving averages, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. It actually started in the second half of 2019, where it broke its 20, sorry, 50-month moving average, and looks looks in a downtrend. Um, so uh, that worries me a little bit. Is the fact that before all this, it was relatively weak. Now the big question is, what about? the ultimate buy targets. I'm going to go with about $25 a share. That's where I'd be picking up uh, Pfizer from a technical perspective as well as a valuation, uh, valuation as well. So the, the downtrend looks intact. Uh, until that downtrend kind of bucks, I will remain bearish on Pfizer and say $25 is the time to pick up Pfizer. Thanks for the call. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here each weekday, and that's to help you achieve your own particular version of financial freedom. All of you have different needs, different questions, and we try to help every one of you. And our work continues after this break, so get your questions in now at 888 chart. Invest Talk, how companies are using creative accounting to gauge the impact of COVID-19. That story tomorrow. But now Justin Klein is here. He'll provide unbiased answers, but you've got to call with your questions. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Vitaly calling from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I had a question about a current investing situation other than investing in gold and gold miners, you know, with us being technically in a recession, what sectors, what areas should we be looking in 
to invest into where we can seek profits. I mean, I was thinking about some grocery stores or grocery chains, I guess, but I just wanted to find out, like, in general, what would your recommendation be moving forward? Thanks uh, for all you guys do, and I'll be looking forward to hearing uh, the answer on the show. Thank you. Well, you kind of started answering the question yourself. Uh, you know, that's how we are, are focusing our efforts for our clients are into companies that are benefiting in this environment uh, that are uh, have businesses that typically are non-cyclical, and those those actually tend to benefit. Uh, healthcare companies, uh, certain tech companies, right? many of them are overvalued, but uh, there are others that will that have remained strong. Uh, and their business will remain strong, and their balance sheet remains healthy. Uh, you know, the tech sector has some of the healthiest balance sheets in on the market, so that's certainly helpful. Uh, so you, you're right along the right lines. There, there are definitely opportunities, but they need to be in businesses that are are benefiting. And uh, pizza companies—that's another area that we that we like, um, and we've picked up for for clients. So. Once again, the opportunities are not as numerous as they typically are, uh, but you can find great opportunities in different non-cyclical parts of the marketplace. Now, lastly, I want to touch on credit card fraud. And during this pandemic and with more government spending, there's a lot more fraud out there. And many are falling victim of that because they're looking for a way out, right? They might be falling on hard times. So you need to be aware of a few things. First are phishing scams. These are phone calls that they say they're from a bank or some institution or they're helping you obtain government benefits, stimulus payments, etc. And they're trying to get some personal sensitive information out of you. So if this happens... Make sure you contact the financial institution yourself. Look in the back of your credit card, your statement, etc., and call them directly. Don't just assume because someone's calling you that they're actually from that institution. You need to verify it. Also, don't click on any links that prompt you to enter any information. So those are, are big as well. Number two is keep a close eye, close eye on all of your accounts. Review, read your statements, review your online activity. And what I like is for Apple Pay, I put all of my credit cards into Apple Pay. And what happens is if anything gets charged on any of those credit cards, I get a notification on my phone that there was charged $12.84 for X, Y, and Z. So I know if anything gets charged, I'm seeing it in front of me. So that's helpful. Number three. Lock your accounts. If you're if you suspect any fraud, most apps, right, credit card apps, you're able to freeze your account straight from your phone. And if not, you can always just call them and freeze your account as well. So don't be afraid to do that if you see anything suspicious. You can always unfreeze it. It's not that hard. Also, use credit cards for extra protection. Debit cards are harder to get reimbursed for fraud. Whereas federal law limits your liability for fraudulent credit card purchases to $50. Obviously, you need to use your credit cards wisely, but 
in this environment, that's not a bad idea to focus your spending on the credit cards and know that if you see anything on the debit side, that may be an issue, right? And maybe not put that debit information out there on the internet and into the world. And the credit card's easier to catch the fraud and also to get reimbursed if there is fraud. For debit cards, that can take a long period of time. It can cost you hundreds of, hundreds of dollars. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. I will return on Monday. Steve Pizzo will be here tomorrow to share highlights from the newest KPP Premium newsletter. And please remember to download our April bonus show podcast. We call it the Invest Talk Rapid Fire Hour. It is free. Please tell your friends about Invest Talk. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART.